Hello, everyone, and welcome back to 2020 Psych. I'm one of your hosts, Claire, and I'm joined today by my father. I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. My name is Dr. Hernandez. I'm an American double board certified psychiatrist. Thank you guys so much for listening this year. We know it's been a long summer. We wanted to go ahead and record this episode and check in, kind of recap what's been happening over the last few months since we've last recorded, and just talk about the current state of affairs. Absolutely. We want to first share, and we're excited about announcing the advent of 988 in the United States. That's the new suicide hotline. So we're sure that it is going to save a great number of lives throughout the United States. We hope that at some point worldwide that a similar system can be uh, employed and instituted for the well-being of uh, those people that are suffering and, and having thoughts of hurting themselves. So 988 is the new number to call if you yourself are in personal crises. What is the difference? So this is specifically for mental health emergencies correct so let's say a loved one is going through a mental health emergency you would call this number 988 instead of 911 as opposed to a physical emergency exactly this line is dedicated for the mental health needs of americans so it's uh we're really excited for this because we know that it's going to bring help to those that are in desperate need uh, there's plenty of statistics that show that people, when they reach out to a suicide hotline, that many of them report that it actually keeps them from attempting to hurt themselves. So uh, we're glad that uh, mental health is getting this dedication, this dedicated line uh, that will provide services for many that, uh, that are in need of this uh, dire service. Yeah, this is great. I mean, this was became official in July and... I'm sure there are plenty of people across the United States that have used it already. So hopefully, you know, they keep the line live and people's lives are saved in result. Yes. uh, Unfortunately, in most parts of the world, uh, the World Health Organization has reported that only 2% of the health budgets for most countries is dedicated to mental health. And in countries that are more resource limited, that amount equals only 1% of their healthcare budget. So clearly, worldwide, more resources need to be allocated for the mental health services of our global community, particularly because the World Health Organization has recognized that there's been a 25% increase in the rates of anxiety and depression. And I remember our last episode, we spoke about the rising numbers in overdoses and suicides. Have you read anything? Have you followed up with that and seen maybe what the statistic has looked looked like for this summer in particular? I know that there is, you know, we're still in, um, in the middle of COVID and now there's this new other thing we have to be careful about which is monkeypox and there's a potential people are saying that there's a recession and there's all sorts of things all a lot of 
pressures and anxiety. So I'm just curious to know if like you've seen any numbers rise in result of that. Well, the same World Health Organization has reported that there's two patient populations that are particularly at risk during the pandemic, and those are young adults or teenagers and women. The reason for that is that kids are isolating, they're more depressed, they're more anxious, their coping skills are not quite as developed as more mature adults, so the suicide risk is higher in the younger populations. And women seem to be more at risk as well because of the increase in the burden of their responsibilities during the pandemic. So those are the two target populations that have been identified as being at higher risk for suicide. Yeah, that's really, it's interesting because I think, I can't recall in our last episode, but I know that in certain rates, wasn't it the male population that was at greater risk for suicide for a bit, or that is that's like more common? Well, substance abuse in male pop in the American male population has, has increased, but when we're talking about oh, okay. global numbers, that's where the the, the statistics seem to vary. But again, those are the, the the target populations that are at risk. And we also have shared that when substance abuse is in the mix of anyone who's suffering from an anxiety or depressive disorder, that the risk of suicide with the use of one substance goes up tenfold. And with the use of two substances, the suicide risk goes up 17-fold. When someone's injecting a drug, it goes up 14-fold. So clearly, drugs and their misuse, which we know have increased during the pandemic, is putting patient populations at a significantly higher risk for suicide. Yeah, I mean, those are like staggering statistics that you're saying. And I'm just thinking about, you know, how this summer has been going. A lot of people have carried on with despite, you know, COVID numbers having risen for a bit. I know we saw that in LA County and it's starting to dip down again, but then there's the fact that people are testing at home. So the numbers that are being reported aren't necessarily accurate to a certain degree. Um, I guess, you know, we'd made our prediction, you made predictions for 2022 and how have you seen those predictions come to fruition? thus far in the year i mean we're in august already we have a few more months left of the year and seemingly what you predicted in our past episode seems to be coming to fruition well the mental health crisis has continued to persist without a whole lot of resolution or relief in sight the numbers keep increasing both for suicide risk and addiction, uh, more misuse of drugs. So that really, unfortunately, has not changed a whole lot. Uh, So as the pandemic has evolved, these issues have persisted, and we need to continue to allocate resources to 
alleviate this mental health crisis, and not just in the United States, but it appears to be equally, if not worse, in other parts of the world. Yeah, I think, you know, in regards to when we're thinking about specifically the United States, I would think that, you know, maybe drug usage would rates would decline. I feel like, cause, and I only say that just because, you know, I watch a lot of like TV and I consume a lot of media in my everyday and I feel like um, drug usage, alcohol usage, that's kind of been relevant in conversation over the last few months. And I, I think of shows like Euphoria where they touch on like substance abuse and drink underage drinking. And like, I just see shows in media and they paint these substances out, you know, that there's consequences to using them. And so I, I would think that that would have some influence on um, younger people who watch these shows that, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't mess around with alcohol or this drug or so on. Well, as you know, the more education there is in regards to the toxic effects of drugs and alcohol, the awareness will grow and so will hopefully the response to people's coping strategies, which is something that throughout the pandemic we've sort of emphasized in healthy methods of trying to deal with the increase in the stress that the pandemic has brought with it. I know that earlier today, you just a while ago, you alluded to uh, monkeypox, which, as you know, has been declared a, a, a public uh, health emergency by the World Health Organization and recently by the United States, uh, by the CDC as well. So that adds another layer of stress to an already stressed out uh, patient population. Mm-hmm. And it's important, I think, to go over some of uh, some of the facts for monkeypox because um, there's twenty, I believe, twenty five thousand cases worldwide that have been reported. Fortunately, uh, the mortality rate ranges from one to ten percent. Uh, so it's at, it's been sort of restricted to uh, a certain group. Uh, the transmission occurs mainly through skin to skin contact and it's didn't been, you didn't you also say that um most majority cases are mild they're not super extreme like you're not going to die yes the mortality rate is is a fraction of uh a small fraction of those that they get infected so there's patient populations that are at risk people that are HIV positive, that are suffering from HIV, and that engage in uh, group sex uh, or multiple sexual partners uh, without practicing safe sex, those are the patient population that is at high risk to contact this uh, virus. So certain measures can be taken to protect oneself from uh, getting infected. It can also be uh, tra- transmitted by uh, you know, putting on clothes that somebody else tried on 
that was infected with lesions and so forth. So it, it is uh, contagious, but if uh, one limits that exposure, then the risk of developing is, is can be minimized. Do you foresee um, mandatory vaccines being a thing for monkeypox if it gets worse? I, like, what are the conditions that allow monkeypox to thrive? I know you mentioned the certain ways you can get it, but, you know, with COVID, it, it's common that in the winter months, rates go up because it's colder. I'm wondering for monkeypox, is there a particular season that, oh, it's more likely you may, you're more susceptible to getting it? You know, I'm not sure that that's the case here, but in regards to the vaccine itself, my my understanding is that there's only one pharmaceutical company, which is, I believe, located in Denmark, which is producing the vaccine. And of course, you can imagine how busy they are trying to get more vaccines out to the world uh, but it's only it's only one company that's producing these so their ability to manufacture uh, enough vaccines to cover the world is very limited right. so uh, that's not going to be happening i don't think anytime too soon okay and let's talk about covid i know we saw spikes in the summer i mentioned earlier they are going down but that number is debatable because of that home testing at this point in the pandemic we're two over two and a half years in dealing with this virus what do you foresee happening you know it's very clear that people aren't interested in another lockdown the government's not interested in another lockdown is this just the new normal that we're just gonna have to adjust our lives to well, what seems to be clear here is that this is not going to go away, at least any time in the foreseeable future. You've alluded to the numbers not maybe being accurate as to who's testing positive because of home testing, but what fortunately what is being reported and is traceable are the number of hospitalizations, and the CDC has reported that those are actually coming down, so that's a good thing. But again... To the longevity of the pandemic, to address this, uh, the, the United States government has purchased uh, uh, many vaccines, boosters that are coming up in September. So as early as next month, uh, there will be another booster that's available to cover the most recent variants. So is that going to be the new norm? Probably so. Um, but again, this is these are uncharted waters in many regards so it's probably going to be like getting the flu shot every year in in some vein there are some similarities and there are some differences but there is going to be probably a chronic type of program here to address um, this uh this form of the flu here so. yeah but and we talked about this outside of the podcast like you you could get the flu every, flu every year, but you don't want to be getting COVID every three months or every six months because you may be able to get it once and be relatively okay so long as you're vaccinated and boosted. But the long-term effects of getting COVID multiple times, that's still unclear what that really does to the body. And our guess is that it's probably not good. 
Well, you're absolutely right. And there's some evidence that indicates that this can be particularly damaging certain organs, such as the lung and the heart. But what we're also seeing in mental health is that in the hospital, we're seeing patients that are coming in with bizarre forms of mental illness that patients didn't have before they came, before COVID, that these psychiatric symptoms and syndromes or presentations, if you will, have been, it looks like that they were brought in by COVID, the onset of COVID. And even if they may have been asymptomatic physically, but it has seems to have produced in some patients manic type behaviors, psychotic symptoms in others, depression. So it is taking a toll on the mental health of individuals that have been infected by, by the COVID-19 virus. So, and we don't see a whole lot of reporting, but we do see it in, in our, in, in our clinical caseload. Yeah. So that is happening without a doubt. Yeah, I'm sure there will be some really interesting findings in the next five years when we've kind of had some breathing room since the start of the pandemic. Just what a all-encompassing toll it's taken on the body as a whole because, you know, it started as a respiratory virus and it seems like there's so much more to it than that. It's obvious that there's much more to it than that. And some patients, even if it may not affect their psyche per se, but the fact that some of our elderly patients that are getting infected, they get really nervous, they get really anxious, and you know, justifiably so, because they're coughing, they're having a hard time breathing, and that's, you know, it, it produces a, the sense of uh, fear and dying. So that's taking a toll, an emotional toll, not just on the individual that's suffering it, but on the loved ones too. So any which way you look at COVID-19, it has a mental health component to it. And that's not to say we're not even, we haven't even started talking about all the grief that it's caused. Right, yeah. So funerals being delayed because funeral homes are over booked and busy and kill children being orphaned or and if not orphaned losing a, a grandparent or an aunt or favorite uncle so it, it's the the emotional entanglement here is just it's a wide net here that's been casted over the entire world and there's a lot of suffering that's been going going around, and I don't know if it's, if there's ever been anything like this before, but it's definitely taking its toll on us on our patient populations now. So we should end on a more positive note. Outside of nine eight eight, is there anything that you've read recently in the mental health landscape that you? We're happy to read, are proud of, are looking forward to seeing the future of it. Is there anything in that sort of realm that you can speak on? Well, what I'm happy to see is that there's seemingly more awareness now. People are talking more about mental health. I think with the advent of 988, that was a really positive thing. 
And I think that more people are becoming aware of mental health issues. Less people are becoming afraid to talk about it. And so I think it's opening up more opportunities for people to obtain care. I think that telehealth, telepsychiatry is coming out of the pandemic, which I think is a positive thing because more people are going to have access to mental health care. And I know that there's been some shortages that have been highlighted as well that have been systemic, chronic, ongoing, that mental health has been neglected for a long time. So I think that now more health professionals are, are realizing that psychiatry, psychology, the mental health professions have been neglected and more resources will be allocated just based on the recognition of the needs and the suffering that's been going on. So in that sense, I think that's a positive. That That's something that's good that's come out of this. Yeah, I agree. And the more we talk about it, the better it will get seemingly. So thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in as long as you have, following us through our journey. We did reach a two-year anniversary, actually, at the end of July for 2020 Psych that we're very happy and grateful for. We're so thankful to have been, you know, we started this in the thick of COVID and it's just, it's been really nice to have this platform to be able to talk to you guys and bring some awareness, bring some interesting facts, maybe something you didn't know. So thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great day wherever you are.